With authority. Aloha! Welcome to the Most Muscle Show in Barrier Sports. This is ABC7 Sports. With authority. What's the wind-up? Is that new? <laughs> just getting you fired up. That's getting usually, you geared up. That's usually the rap sign that I get when I'm if talking too long. If you're watching on YouTube, I was yeah. waving encouragement to Larry as he got ready to say the show's name. You were like a third base coach waving yeah, me home, right? exactly. That was very good. It is almost baseball season. Uh, speaking of which, who has had a worse week? Rob Manfred or Mike Bloomberg? Uh, or Aubrey Huff. <laughs> or, ooh, oh, hey, wow. It's we'll get the, to that too the later. The trifecta <laughs> of, uh, of wallowing in, in the muck. But uh, we, we just watched the Democratic debate, so it's uh, fresh in my mind. But even probably Rob Manfred, if he watched the debate, was looking like, wow, rough time for Mike. <laughs> which, which would be hard to imagine given what Rob Manfred is going through right now as the commissioner of baseball and I, he's almost like the faux commissioner because it seems like he's utterly powerless at this point yeah he's like the guy in the meme like the dog where he, the fires engulf the room and he's just saying this is fine uh we're gonna get to manfred we have all the stars speaking out against the astros we're gonna talk a little bit about the a's depth we have a one-on-one interview with sean Manaya and our very own chris alvarez and we're gonna talk a bit about aubrey huff whoo and steph curry's eventual comeback yeah, it's a lot to get to, actually. A lot to get to in this we show. We could just start, we could do a half an hour easily on sign-stealing at Rob Manfred. This is the story that will not go away. What was? I think we're like a month removed from talking to Marcus Simeon of the A's and joking about how, you know, bang, bang one for yes or yeah. two for no and all that. And I didn't see this kind of vitriol coming from everybody in spring training it seems the stars on every everybody's furious that the penalties seem so weak. We could talk a little bit about why none of the players on the Astros from the 2017 squad have been suspended because of legal maneuverings. But anyway, are you surprised? Or are you what, what? What do you see when you look at this all unfolding? It's kind of interesting because what you're seeing is the commissioner of baseball has failed to police the game properly. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I know you've got a really good explanation on that. We'll get to. Also, it's because he had to give all these guys immunity to, in a sense, get to the truth. He thought, if I made them all immune, they'll tell me everything I need to know. And now you're not seeing any punishment. And it seems like every time the Astros open their mouths, every time the commissioner opens his mouth, it gets worse because the explanations are bad. The apologies don't seem sincere. And it's just been a catastrophe for the Astros. I mean, they came out and did this tour of apologizing that was almost like a clown show. It was so embarrassing. I mean, it's just become worse and worse. And now you're seeing no repercussions, and you're seeing players of major stature now stepping up in baseball, in basketball, with LeBron LeBron, James even calling out the commissioner at this point. So... I think there's just frustrations abound. I think even Justin Verlander of the Astros said there's more that's going to come out, which doesn't help them. Uh, It's just going to keep getting worse and worse until the games start, and then they start getting plunked. Well, don't forget, we still have to have the Red Sox penalties come out because in 2018 they were doing the same thing. That looks like a late Friday news dump kind of that's when you I guarantee it typically drop that kind of story yeah Friday. well Manfred did say he thinks by the end of the week they'll have 
the punishment ready. Right. And the point of that is is so that <sighs> the media is everybody's away for the ready for their weekend and that's when you typically drop bad news. But on the subject of well, there's so many things here. I wish we had um, the Conor McGregor soundbite to play for the Astros. It, maybe that's what they looked at before they went out for their sham of a news conference where he says, I would like to take this time to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> that almost might be better at this point. <laughs> because the, the, the apologies were so half-hearted. You had the owner, Jim Crane, saying, yeah, no, the, the, the games were not affected. No, I, didn't, I never said the games were not impacted. Where'd you get that? So it was, it was just really bad theater. And uh, as far as the, the penalties or lack thereof for the players – uh, just a, a quick thing on labor law that I gleaned from a, a couple of articles. It would have been impossible for baseball to win in an arbitration case. Let's say they wanted to suspend Altuve for whatever. Just pick a random number, X games. And the reason that baseball would have lost is because, I guess it's standard in labor law, if you let's say I, I'm, I'm I'm management and I make a rule, whatever the rule is, and I I tell your superior that here are your work rules. You have to be informed that okay, banging on the garbage is not allowed, and this form of electronic sign stealing is not allowed. If I send it as Manfred did, which was just completely overlooking the obvious, to the Astros executives, but they never give the word to the players, the players all go, nobody told me that this was not allowed. I mean, they all know Mm -hmm. common sense, but under the letter of the law, it's like a five-minute case. You're immediately dismissed because the employees have to be told specifically, A, B, C, you can't do this. What should have happened and I assume, you know, did happen after the, the steroid situation from a decade ago was that every club, uh, every clubhouse just should have had, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. Post it. Post it, it on every locker. On every, yeah, you just put the sheet stall. in every locker. It would have been an easy solution and something that should have been uh, foresawn. Is that, is that a word? Is that a word? <laughs> uh, somebody should have foreseen yes. uh, this, this issue coming. Yeah, and I mean, so at this point, what you're seeing is they can't do anything to no. these guys. Nope. Nothing's really being remedied, and more and more people are getting frustrated. So let's listen to a whole bunch of people that are huge name in Major League Baseball that are frustrated. We'll start with Sean Manaya and we'll continue down. They cheated. They've cheated the game. They've, you know, they've uh, cheated us as players, um, and it's it's. it's- that they uh, they can't take responsibility for their actions and and uh, you know try to make things better. I know personally, I lost respect for those guys. Um, I think I would say everyone in the show in the big leagues lost respect for those guys. It's anger. Uh, I feel like every single guy over there needs a beating. Um, you know, it's it's wrong. They're messing with people's careers. People lost jobs. People lost money. People lost a lot of things. Um, important to them and you know it's a really not seem like it's any remorse i guess is what you know a lot of people were upset about 
me going up to the plate knowing what's coming would be uh, pretty fun up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's, a lot of guys lost respect for, for some of the guys. And, you know, it's, it seems like every day something new comes out. All right, so right there, if you're not watching the YouTube version, you heard Manaya, you heard Bellinger, you heard Nick Markakis come out very strong. Well, wait a second. <laughs> wait, 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 very strong. Saying they should all get a beating over there is probably not the, the, the solution that we're looking for. They will get a beating. You heard yeah, Aaron Judge, and then you heard Mike Trout, who's like the holy grail of baseball, yeah. who's even commenting, hey, if I knew it was coming, whew, imagine what I would do. So you hear all that, and it seems every day another prominent figure yeah. is speaking up and saying that they're not happy with the situation. And Manfred, his hands are tied. <laughs> I don't think he's handled this right from the jump. And he's just perfectly happy to watch the league smother and burn at this point because there's nothing he can do about it. I don't think he's happy, but I don't think he has a lot of solutions. And every time he does another press conference, it's like he he puts his foot in his mouth. And every time you see him step to the podium, he looks more and more exhausted. <laughs> it's just getting to be out of hand. Well, you know, let's keep in mind, they're just playing for a hunk of metal. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, what is he thinking? He was talking about the World Series trophy. He's just, just a, blowing a piece it. of metal. He's just he's, blowing it. He's making Bud Selig look like the, the ultimate commissioner. And Bud Selig was so bumbling in so many respects. And so slow to react. To everything. Or, or didn't want to react. Yeah. And you're making Bud look like a Hall of Fame commissioner right now. Uh, so, it's I didn't think... I didn't think that was possible. Yes. But Rob Manford just looks like he's in way over his head and he has no tools at his disposal to really do much about it. So the question is, all right, Oakland A's, you're in the same division with these Astros. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And, you know, when we first talked to Marcus Semien, it was before spring training. Right. So it was really. On this very podcast, one of the first places where you really actually heard a prominent member of the Oakland A's, who've been victims of the Astros the last two years at least, um, speak out. And I thought his answer was very insightful because he said, look, like, what they did is on them. We're not happy about it. But we now have to go out there and and win and, and battle and beat these guys because we have to prove that we're the better team. So I liked that aspect coming into it. Uh, the A's have reported to camp. You hear Bob Melvin. He's, he tried to be coy about it, but he said this is, you know, about as excited as you're going to be starting a season, the way that these guys are constructed. You hear Matt Olson. You hear all these guys saying this. This World Series are bust this year for these guys. They're happy with the roster. And I found it very interesting. Like, we talked about the A's. Are they going to win 89 and a half games, which was the Vegas odds? Yes, yes, they will win 89 and a half games. The Take over. the over. Free money, We're people. We're handing you money, Free money. right now, as but, we did last year. You know, when we talked about the A's last time, I hadn't really thought – about the actual depth so much like you start thinking about this team and and like let's just pump out some names like everyone's forgetting about Frankie Montas who was just unbelievable before suspension last year right you know you have a full year of Sean Manaya, Lizardo, Puck who we all talk about Stephen Piscotty forgotten man almost like disappeared last year after his injury Chris Davis who's the engine behind the entire A's offense, fell off the face of the earth last year. I mean, imagine what they would have looked like last year if he had done even close to his usual production, which was almost always completely consistent. So you look at that, you look at the backup type guys like Chad Pinder who can jump in everywhere. 
I just think that this team is stacked beyond belief, and I think this is their year, and I think they can take out the Astros because if you're Houston right now, sure, you could band together and say, look, we got to show these guys that we can do it without the trash cans and the alleged buzzers, but also they have such a heavy amount of controversy swirling around them, it's going to be a distraction all year. They're going to get beat up all year. I just don't see them winning as many games as they have in the past. I think it's going to be fascinating to see on a night-by-night basis when they go on the road what they face from the fans. I mean, it's going to be – and this is not going to go away. And every city that they go to, the media will ask about that. The fans will be all over them constantly. We could get some pretty funny memes out of this. Mm -hmm. But – It would seem to be hard to focus over a six-month period of time when this is being thrown at you day after day after day, if it continues with the way we're seeing right now. And I I think everybody's so frustrated and so upset that it's not going away anytime soon. Even, you know, we can get through the spring training and we'll see how whether guys get plunked or whatever happens. I guess maybe William Hill, the odds makers, Mm -hmm who have set an over-under on how many Astros will get plunked this season. I want to say it's somewhere around 80. The league average is usually like yeah, 66 or something like that. And I like think that. Alex Bregman alone, they had him at like 10 and a half. You know, so they're they're setting it for certain players. Right. That are gonna, <laughs> and Bregman's apology was ridiculous, well, by the way. Well, you think it'll be higher or lower than Altuve <sighs> sporting the tattoo? Altuve's smaller. He's harder to hit. He's harder to hit. Yeah. Like five, <laughs> so six, give me, give me he, more he has an advantage <laughs> there. So the A's won 97 in each of the last two years and then bombed out in, in the, the wild card playoff round. Are you willing to say that they're a 100-win team waiting to happen? I'd say so. And I, I know that's optimistic, but, you know, the A's have won 97 games in back-to-back years with, like, no starting rotation. I mean, the guys they were trotting out there plus the injuries – they still managed to cobble it together. This year, they're going in with the best rotation that I think they've had in a very long time. I mean, they're stacked top to bottom. Why, why are you knocking Trevor Cahill? <laughs> why, why? I mean, because you, you, <laughs> he was fine at home. Now he's a giant. We'll see how he does at Oracle Park. But, I mean, you go in, you got Manaya, you got Montas, you got Fires, you got Lazardo, you got Puck. That could be a supremely that's good rotation. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's a really, really solid group. So... I think going in with that rotation they have now, plus the offensive prowess they have, I mean, like I said, if Chris Davis can get back to hitting 40 home runs this year, look out, because he really struggled. They have a lot of talent on that team, especially in the outfield. They've got a lot of power, and if they have the pitching that they haven't had, they could be scary. Speaking of pitching, ABC 7's own Chris Alvarez in Arizona covering spring training with Sean Manaya. You got a bat. I mean, yeah. can you swing it? Uh, well, not, not oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm really bad. But okay. you know, an expert in anything is once a beginner. Yeah. Um, I do have a hit in the show, so nobody can take that away from me. One more hit than I have in the show. That's exactly I mean, right. And a, lot, and a lot of people. <laughs> Speaking of the show, uh, I want to show you something. I, I think it's funny. So this is my baseball card from when I was in college. Okay. Um, initial thoughts on the mustache that I was trying to. I did honestly. I didn't even see it. it at it's first. hard to see. You got to really <laughs> zoom in. Yeah. Let me check. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I mean, it's there. Yeah. It yeah. looks. I'm, I'm 19 here, so give me <laughs> give me a break. Uh, baseball cards, though. Do you have your rookie card? How important is it? Where is it? Uh, 
Honestly, I don't even know what a rookie card is. Is it that my college card? Is that the first? No, card no, no I'm probably about? your first pro card, like when first with the card? A's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have it personally, but okay. I think it. You know, my mom probably has it or something like that. Uh, I mean, I've not, I wasn't really big on baseball cards growing up, so uh, to me, it wasn't you know like the biggest thing. But um, you know, obviously, having something like that is is, is cool. So for me, saving this college one's kind of lame. No, yeah, every, <laughs> everybody does their own thing. You know, I'm not really one to big big on uh, keeping memorabilia for okay. myself anyways okay. so okay well i guess we're different so we have a new a new hairdo yeah uh, i knew you did braids last year you did kind of a longer look now mm -hmm. we got uh, an oakland i'm gonna call an oakland a's fade yeah, high so. high top fade uh yeah I don't, I don't know what it is uh the only reason it's it's a uh, you know i got the high top phase is because i'm uh definitely gonna braid it again okay, okay. um and i just wanted to see what it looked like with colors so okay. um i've never done it before and i just want to try it out see what it looked like so but wasn't it blonder the other day uh no it was more Green? It was more green, and green. now... Yeah, green and yellow. Did you do it on purpose for Ace Color, or did you just kind of... Uh, well, I honestly, I got to the salon, and they had a whole bunch of, like, color choices, okay. and I, I just kind of freaked out and picked the first one that, you know, <laughs> so I was originally going for, like, silver or green or something, but yellow, for some reason, stuck out, and I was like, let's go for well, it. When you get to my age, we're just going, like, just for men, the salt and pepper look, you know? Mm -hmm. and yeah. I don't know. I still, I still have a lot of... Colored hair. Uh, I, I want to ask you, uh, if you were to face any batter in Major League history, if you could go up against a guy, who would you want to go up against? Uh, Barry Bonds. Why is that? I mean, he was extremely yeah. just unbelievable. So right. I want to see what I'd, how I'd do against him in his okay. prime. Yeah. That's fair. If you're taking a bat, we can know you like to maybe swing it. Who would you want to get a, a home run off of? Uh, Randy Johnson. Okay. A sure. couple of local guys. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Randy was out here the other day. He was out here the other day. What'd you learn? What'd you pick his brain? How cool was that? Uh, it was amazing. Um, you know, he talked about you know his slider grip, uh, just kind of his like mentality going through uh, games and the course of his season and over the course of his career. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you know you, everybody sits down and listens when uh, some some guy of that that stature comes and comes to talk. So it was uh, it's fun being able to hear him talk and uh, yeah, it was cool. Lastly, do you have a favorite baseball movie? Uh, favorite baseball movie? Mm -hmm. um, I really like Sugar. Have you seen the movie? I have not seen Sugar. I'm not even. I believe it's called Sugar. I think okay. it's like a Dominican kid. He, oh. he has like a hard time adjusting to like American life. And wow, I, I watched it one time, but it was really cool. Okay. Uh, I need to watch it again. Sugar is the recommendation. I'm a Sandlot guy, but you know what? I'm yeah, probably have to watch I mean, Sugar. Sand, Sandlot's the uh, you know the the prototypical answer. So I I try to be. All yeah. right. I mean, it is the same lot. I mean, that movie is amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. But watch Sugar. Sugar. Send it back to you. <laughs> I don't think I could pull it off, but I would love to try the Sean Mania hairstyle. I don't have that much hair to work with. Yeah. But he's got the blonde. I don't know what you would describe that's it. That's like as. a high fade. I don't even know what that's I, I don't called. know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's globs and globs of hair stacked if you were building a skyscraper, that's how you would start. I think yeah, that's how yeah. your foundation would be. And he did say that he does intend to once again braid it like he has in the past. Mm. Um, and I, I like that he's kind of signaling that he's ready to do a little bit of hitting with that bat. He did say today that one of his goals is to hit a home run in the major leagues. He does have a knock as a big leaguer, but he's not going to get too many chances to step to the plate. Obviously. But we'll see. All right, now let's get to the Giants news of the week, and that was the one, the only. You can't live without him. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. uh, Aubrey Huff. <laughs> yeah, so they've decided that they don't want Aubrey Huff to be at the 2010 
10 year reunion. 10 years? I mean, geez. It's crazy that 10 years have wow. gone by. So they decide they don't want Aubrey Huff to be there. They disinvite him. Nobody really seemed all that upset about it. And then the next day, Aubrey Huff sends out a tweet with a big message tagging Donald Trump and hashtagging it MAGA2020. Right. Now, we're not going to get into politics too much here. I know we joked about the debate we just watched, but it's not a political issue. It's not. It's a decency issue. It has nothing, nothing to do with politics. And he tried to say that Larry Barrett told him it had to do with his politics. The Giants made it very clear it didn't have anything to do with politics. And then <laughs> Henry Shulman of the Chronicle talks to him, and he admits that Larry Bear and the Giants never even told him it was about politics. So Huff lied and tried to turn it into a whole political scandal, which it was not. It was a decency issue because his comments have been absurd and offensive and not right. And it's okay for the Giants, who I don't defend too often, to say, we don't want you around. Yeah, his comments, we could go down the laundry list of racist, misogynistic... Some of it is so absurd, just when he, like, he did the interview with 95-7 in the game and just continued to bury himself. He, he was like a guy digging his own grave, and then they finally hung up on him. But I wonder, and, and I looked at both sides of this, if this was really worth it for the Giants, because, look, okay, imagine it's summertime, we're having the reunion, and, and let's say he's included, and he comes out and, and a handful of people boo him. Some people, I mean, everybody remembers him with the thong and the celebration, mm. and he got some key hits in 2010. He was an important player on the team. But now it's, it's a different situation. I just, I don't know that there would have been that much uproar or backlash if he actually came to the celebration. I don't think anybody would have cared that much. I know San Francisco is a very liberal city, and, and, and people don't share his views. So I thought, why even bother? The guy's irrelevant. He's just an idiot. So let him go on his rants wherever he is on Twitter. And I mean, Twitter's a place, there's a lot of stupid people on Twitter. I don't know if you've realized that. <laughs> I know, am one you, of them. Have you, not, <laughs> <laughs> you do tweet quite frequently, I'll say that. But then uh, our own Amadate suggested to me, you know what? The timing was actually smart on the Giants' part, whether... And it wasn't like they issued a release. Uh, I think the story was broken by The Athletic. But you know what? Here we are. It's February. By the time we get to summer, it's a 24-hour news cycle. Mm -hmm. But probably by the time this podcast is over, people will be on to another issue and already forgotten Aubrey Huff. So by the time we get to the summer, this is a complete non-issue. I mean, there's there's no baseball being even played right now. or, or I mean, outside of spring training stuff, even being thought about a lot. So maybe... They calculated out and said, okay, yeah, let's just, we'll do it now. Mm. We'll take whatever hit there is. And, and in San Francisco, there won't be a big hit at all because everybody's going to be on the Giants' side, not Aubrey Huff's side. He looks like a clown. And and the thing, you know, trying to get Trump involved and all this. That was and, a desperation. And phrasing, and phrasing it. It was he, sad. He thinks that because he is so pro-Trump that everybody is against him. Just look at the Giants' ownership. Well, I mean, they're donating money actively right. to right-wing super PACs. I mean, it's not politics. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with being racist and misogynistic and generally offensive to mankind. Yes. So if you're mean and you say terrible things in front of me, I don't have to invite you to my party, Larry. <laughs> 
again, the Giants are a private business. They don't have to invite Aubrey Huff to their party. That that explains why I haven't been invited to <laughs> exactly. any of your never, parties. Never invited. <laughs> no, but you so look at sad. it, and, and I do see the point that they did, in fact, shine a huge light and give him a huge platform right. by doing this. But then he took that platform and he messed it all up by making more bad comments and saying more things about how women shouldn't be coaching in professional right. sports. And you look at the Giants, you just hired Alyssa Nacken. That's awesome, I think. You know, to have the first full-time in-uniform female coach in Major League Baseball, is that's a really cool thing for everybody and for the progress of just humanity. And why would the Giants want Aubrey Huff to be there you know, if it's going to make someone like her uncomfortable or Gabe Kapler and his staff uncomfortable, I mean, I don't see much benefit to him being there at that point. And, no, I, and I, yeah. I mean, if he was there, the worst thing that would happen probably would be a shower of booze and everybody probably would have laughed it off. And but, everybody moves on. So yeah, they just move on. I, I don't know that giving him the platform and and disinviting him, does it really do anything? I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's worth... I mean, it certainly gave people something to talk about for a few days, but I just don't know that it was worth it. The other thing that that he mentioned um, regarding the political stuff is to think that you could put 25 people in a room from all over the country and internationally and have everybody thinking the exact same things about you know what's going on in the United States is laughable. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're oh. Oh, Democrats for the Giants. Like, we're okay, I'm going to take my... Adba- no, everybody has... I'm sure there are people in the Giants clubhouse that maybe side with Trump. Absolutely. There's a bunch of millionaires. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, certainly for tax breaks. Uh, look, people live in, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the reason a lot of baseball players live there, aside from the lifestyle benefits, uh, tax-free. Yeah, but the so. politics never comes into it. It has nothing no. to do with the clubhouse. It has nothing to do with the decision. Uh, frankly, I was mad when I saw his explanation. I wanted to see what he had to say, and I was mad that he tried to turn it into a political issue when it so clearly was not. It just it was just a bad look. I don't get it's it's, it's hard to get me mad over stuff like that. I don't, it, it just seemed ridiculous. So much dumbness around yeah. us at all times that it's I I don't know maybe I've just been doing this too long. I I can't be easily provoked by <laughs> by other people's stupidity. I have so much of my own to yeah. offer that I I just I agree with that. Yeah. I agree that, with that. That I have a lot of stupidity yeah, to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. That's why this podcast works so well. Uh let's let's move on, shall right. we? Yeah, let's let's talk it. about the comeback that is very very close. Stephen Curry. Uh, we were looking at a March timetable. I think to this point he has missed 51 games. He played in four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, some people were questioning Steve Kerr, asking whether it makes any sense at all to bring Steph back for a short portion of the season. I don't think we're going to see Clay at all. I don't think they're going to risk that. Yeah. But I think it makes perfect sense for Steph. As Kerr said, look, if he's healthy, we got – Fans paid a lot of money, first of all, for season one at Chase Center to not get your guy when he's healthy. I mean, you want him to suit up, not an Armani. You want him to actually be in a in a uniform playing. But the other part of it is just to see kind of the camaraderie, the chemistry with Steph and Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. and start to see what 
the 2020-21 season might look like. Certainly, you, you want your star. And, yeah, okay, they're going to be a top, well, a top three pick in the draft, which means your bottom three, most likely, um, you know, the way the season's going to finish out. But you can't just bubble wrap, guys. Anybody can get hurt at any time. Yeah, and I think you made a bunch of really good points there because Steph Curry has played, like, what, three games with this yeah. configuration of the team? and Well, not even because D'Angelo Russell was a part of the team then. So, so obviously he's played zero games with So there is value to Steph coming back and playing with, with Wiggins and a lot of the new guys that they have there, like Pascal and Poole and all the yeah. other people. Um, so I think that's a big benefit to having Curry come back because – you got to remember, he needs to be worked in now at this point because he hasn't been playing with these guys. The other thing is you want to see Steph come in and you want to see this team gel a little in these last, I guess, month of the season after he comes back because you want to build a little something that just gives you a hint of momentum heading into this offseason because while this year is lost, next year will not be. And you want to kind of have a a good taste in your mouth going into this next campaign where they're going to be expected to compete again. You mean after they draft Obi Toppin (laughs) with a high pick? Yes. So we should just tell this story because it's funny. So um, Dayton University, Mm -hmm. the Flyers, they have a big man by the name of Obi Toppin. And uh, I'm a big Maui, classic Maui Invitational guy because I grew up in Hawaii and all that. And so uh, Dayton was in the Maui Invitational, and Obi Toppin dominated. And so ever since then, I've basically fallen in love with Obi Toppin and everything. And he's 6'9", he's like 225, he can shoot threes, he's a great athlete. He would look so good in a Warriors uniform that I can't even imagine. And so every opportunity, I talk about Obi Toppin, I talk about Obi Toppin. (laughs) And then the other night they played, was it VCU, Virginia Commonwealth? And Obi Top, they wouldn't pass him the ball. <laughs> no, so Larry goes, Dayton's playing. We got we got to put it on Obi Toppin. And I'm like, oh, really? Like we have to put this up. We have four TVs. I didn't even want to give up one for this. So we put on Dayton and Obi Toppin. Like the, the, at one point, I was like, which one is he? He's like he's like invisible he's out the, there. He's the one he, they won't pass the ball to. He did nothing. He did nothing. I think he scored like 9, 10, 11 no, points in, in the game. I mean, I don't, force me to look, don't force me to look it up. He not only didn't do anything, he was like wide open on the perimeter going like this, and nobody they would even they give, wouldn't him the give him the ball. So I was like, this is the guy that you keep talking about? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I think I think VCU had an amazing game plan wow. to deny him. They did They did do a good job Dayton when he got won. the ball. Yeah, Dayton won, won the game, the game but, but uh, Obi Toppin did not get his I numbers. saw him maybe make like one play that was even respectable in that game. I see this as a grand <laughs> plan to orchestrate him yeah. to the Warriors yeah. because off games like that. It's actually going to be fascinating to see what they do because it's not really a good draft. No, and it's so, not. Uh, you know, there's the James Wiseman kid who played only a handful of games at Memphis. He got suspended. Then he decided, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm out. Uh, he's a seven-footer. He's really skinny, left-handed, can jump out of the gym. But if you look at the Warriors' window of opportunity, Steph has two years left on his contract. I mean, he'll play well into his 30s. Do you do you feel like you got to get a guy who helps you right now? Uh, you know, there's another uh, kid, the kid from Georgia. I think it's Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. He's like six five. They don't need another guard. I mean, you could say, okay, maybe we could play. You know, again, same conversation of moves, uh, move Clay to yeah, to, the to, to guard conversation threes. All and, over again. Uh, I don't know that that's a good answer. 
it wouldn't surprise me if they could somehow find a way to package their pick uh, with the trade exception and see what's mm-hmm. out there. But but they themselves have said the position they need the most is is a wing player, and there really aren't a lot available. So I don't know. The dream scenario would be Bucks flame out in the playoffs. Yeah, Giannis goes peace out. Mm-hmm. I want to go play with my friend Stefan. In San Francisco, and then you just blow it up, to and, make then you, whatever and then you're like, you get that this there, draft yeah. pick, that draft pick, just here's get a, them all, here's get your a, three number twos want, behind the back, yeah. uh, and you probably have to give up Draymond or or somebody like or Wiggins uh, to get Giannis, but that's that's that would be the dream scenario. I don't even know. Yeah, and probably at this point an unlikely scenario. Uh, very, very. But I mean, if you look at the Warriors, you're gonna have Stephen Clay, you're gonna have Draymond. You're going to have I Marquise Chris is starting to look fantastic. Yes. And then you have Wiggins. I mean, that's, in theory, you're starting five behind them. Then you're going to have, Obi you Toppin. know, Obi Toppin, <laughs> Kevon Looney, Pascal, who's really emerged yeah. as a nice player, Jordan Poole with some more experience, Smiley Geach. And so you start building something here. So maybe the person you bring in, if it's a Wiseman or Obi Toppin, you can you could probably withstand a year of development under them because they're going to have a pretty good starting five plus some pretty good players underneath. This this is like being on the gas and the brake at the same time yeah. because you have to try to maximize your championship window potential, mm-hmm. but you also have to be thinking, what happens after Steph and Clay? So that's where Wiggins at 24 comes in. That's where this draft pick and the, the pick that the Warriors acquired from the T-Wolves that figures to be a pretty high pick, and next year's draft is going to be better. You have to start putting those pieces into alignment to think, okay, what are we doing five years from now? Yeah. Four, you know, and it, who are our stars at that point? Because you can't expect Steph going to be going for 30 at that point every night. So there's a lot... A lot of moving parts there. That's why our friend Bob Myers gets paid the money he he gets gets paid. paid. We don't have to worry about that. A lot of money. All he has to do is just draft Obi Toppin and thank me every day after that. Yes. Uh, Limited exposure for me and Obi Toppin. But I I was yet to be impressed. But uh, in fairness, I only watched like one half of Dayton basketball. (laughs) So I'm I'm sure we'll watch more. Uh, Who who, who fared better, Obi Toppin or Mike Bloomberg on this night? (laughs) <laughs> definitely, definitely Ob Top. Okay, all right. See, definitely there you, Ob Top. You're on the Ob Top bandwagon yeah, yeah, yeah. already. I mean, to pay four hundred plus million dollars right. to get yourself on the stage and then just be eviscerated. Eviscerated <laughs> is the exact word I actually used in a text. Um, yeah, I mean, he was a punching bag. He didn't stand much chance. It wasn't great. I don't know how much, not great. how much more do you have to spend to sort of get your way back to where you were. You probably need 100. another $400 million to edit out the tiny little bits of that debate <laughs> that, that went you can well. run in commercials <laughs> that went well. So I guess it's time for us to probably wrap it up since we're okay. talking about Bloomberg. If he pays us some money, we might actually endorse what? Bloomberg. You're for sale? Is oh, that I'm you're absolutely you for are? sale. Give me some of those millions. And suddenly, oh my suddenly th- the debate performance looks a lot better in my eyes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm for sale. We're learning new things mm-hmm. about you every podcast. <laughs> with authority. Mike Bloomberg's with authority. <laughs> Mike 2020. Are you going to put his face up there and yeah, replace well, my face on the logo? Right there, yeah. That'll be it. <laughs> Casey Pratt for sale.
Yeah, uh, if so, you want to send us your money, you can you can do so. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. No, those are all free. Our other currency are five stars. Just click the stars. Yeah. Uh, that's free. None of this costs any money. We do this on our own time to to hopefully entertain you. Yeah. We, we do accept Bitcoin. I we believe. love Bitcoin, We, we yes. do accept Bitcoin. We'll put our Bitcoin dress yeah. up here uh, with the Bloomberg uh, logo, yes, and yeah, uh, we'll be good Ethereum to go. is fine as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cardano. Any kind of cryptocurrency. Especially if it's not traceable. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, how we roll. Uh, and did, did you give them the subscribe? You, I guess you did. I did. Uh, yeah. So rate, enough. subscribe, review, whatever. Anyway. Do all those things. Yes. And we'll talk to you again soon. With that, we say... Bloomberg 2020. <laughs> No, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Obi Toppin says aloha. (laughs) With authority.